Rescue. It's another balmy day out here in southern West Michigan. And a colleague of mine said, you know, it'd be a great idea to just remind everybody about the heat, the heat index, and heat-related emergencies. And I agreed. Even though we have uh, done this in the past, it's always a good idea, I think, to refresh ourselves on how to prevent these heat-related emergencies, if at all possible. Some of the people that really need to be on most guard for this are the elderly, the very young, and those who have predispositions to complications related to heat-related emergencies. These might be people that have chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, asthma, congestive heart failure, heart problems, or just don't tolerate the heat well at all. Maybe they have other complicating issues health-wise uh, and they're just not able to tolerate. So as a, as a good neighbor, it's always a good idea that if you live near somebody who's elderly or, or has these predisposing conditions that cause problems when the humidity level goes up and the heat goes up, it's always a good idea to maybe pay a little more attention to them, maybe give them a call, make sure their fans work, make sure their air conditioner works, if they have one, hopefully they have one, and they can tolerate by staying indoors and in an air-conditioned environment and be able to make it through these dog days of summer and the hot days that are just brutal at times. Um, some of the things that everybody can do to help protect themselves is be aware of the signs and symptoms that you may be running into problems as they relate to heat. Heat exhaustion is the first level of complication. This is usually noted by cramping, fatigue, headache, not feeling well, um, feeling really hot, sweating profusely. Um, females tend not to sweat as much as males do, although that's not always the rule, but it, it, it's a general rule. Um, and we really need to make sure that we're watching for those symptoms, like cramping in the stomach, cramping in the legs, uh, though it's not only limited to that. And we need to make sure that we are watching for those early signs and symptoms that we may be running into problems. When you do, it's a great idea to make sure to uh, increase the fluid intake. Uh, you can do this by really just increasing the amount of glasses of water that you drink a day. I did a little study some time ago where skim milk was actually found to be a pretty good replenishing fluid because of the calcium and some of the other vitamins are, that are related to skim milk. If you go uh, anything with more fat, it takes more time to metabolize it so it does not absorb into the body quite as quickly. But they likened skim milk to that of like a, an energy drink, maybe even a little better. But I wouldn't even solely replace water, good old-fashioned water. Six to eight glasses a day is your normal intake. Remember if you're losing lots of fluids because you're exercising, working outdoors, um, or are in a hot environment, you're going to have to increase that amount of water to be able to compensate for the fluid loss. Same thing when you get sick, um, having to breathe through your mouth a lot because of nasal congestion or drainage, vomiting, diarrhea, things like that. Heat stroke now is the next level of emergency, and this is serious. This is after the person has gone past heat exhaustion and is now their skin is becoming more dry, very hot. They may be decreased in their level of consciousness or completely unconscious, and this is a lethal issue. Their brain is literally cooking, in, uh, and it needs to be cooled off. And um, the best thing we can do is, again, just like heat exhaustion, you're going to remove the victim from the environment that's causing the problem as fast as possible. 
if you're outdoors hiking, biking, and you can't get to a hose with water, it's always a good idea to look for a stream or a lake and be able to use the water there to basically cool the person down. Just pour it over their body, being careful to guard their face and airway, of course. But cool them off, loosen tight-fitting clothing, and cool their body temperature down. If you've got ice packs or cold packs, you can put them under the arms, around the neck, anywhere there's a pressure point, and that'll help to cool the, the inner core of the body as well. Um, they're not gonna be able to drink by this point if it's a true heat stroke. That was supposed to be done before you got into heat exhaustion and during heat exhaustion, not once they get to heat stroke and have a decreased level of consciousness. They can't protect their airway anymore and they're gonna be running into problems. So don't give them anything by mouth. Activate EMS 911 if it's severe heat exhaustion or if it's heat stroke and make sure that you um, help the person through the airway breathing circulation, uh, shock treatment, cool them off, keep them cool, remove them from the direct sunlight in the environment, and, um, and wait for EMS to arrive and support their, them in a basic life support means. Um, again, prevention is gonna be key here. Uh, you know when it's hot, you know when you're feeling dry. Remember other fluids like soda, uh, alcoholic beverages, coffee, all of those things usually, uh, they've got enough other things in them that the body doesn't want. You tend to get rid of more of the fluid than you take in and use. So though you don't have to stop drinking those, you're going to have to compensate by doubling <clears throat> the amount that you took in. So if you had one cup of coffee, you should have two cups of water to replace the fluid loss due to the caffeine. So. Stay cool the best you can. I hope this helped as a good reminder that we're in the hot days of summer. Uh, a pound of, uh, you know, ounce of prevention's worth a pound of cure. And watch out for those who can't watch out for themselves. From Roy and Rescue, have a good day. Enjoy your summer. Take care.